0: In this third session on Paul's prayer for the Philippians, the question I have is what does blameless mean and pure mean when we come to the day of Christ? It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Fill with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So, Father, as we try to understand what it means to be blameless and pure at the day of Christ, please guide us, guard us from error. Show us we want to pursue this with all of our heart. We want to be pure. We want to be blameless as you intend us to be in this text. That's our goal. In Jesus' name, amen. The question I'm going to raise here is to use some um, language of theology. Is this a purity and a blamelessness that is by um, imputation? In other words, the imputation of Christ's uh, blamelessness or righteousness. This is justification. Is that what he's talking about? Is he saying you are going to be found pure and blameless in the sense that Not that you yourself are pure and blameless, but that Christ's is imputed to you. Christ's blamelessness, Christ's purity, Christ's righteousness is imputed to you. Or is the meaning here that our blamelessness is by impartation? So imputation and impartation. And this would be Sanctification, that is, justification is Christ or God declaring us to be blameless and righteous, though we are not in ourselves, and sanctification is God by the Holy Spirit through his word working in us a holiness and a blamelessness and a sanctification that is real. It's not just counted as ours. It really is ours imparted to us by the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, which is it here? And my argument is, it is clearly this one. It is a real purity and a real blamelessness that we must have at the day of Christ. And here's the reason, three reasons. The flow of thought shows that this purity and blamelessness comes from real moral conditions in us. It is my prayer that your love that's real in us may abound more and more with knowledge that's real in us and discernment that's real in us so that the effectual of this love and knowledge and discernment will be an approval of what is excellent. That's a real, active, moral approving of what is excellent. So this is even stronger in the Greek, with the result and an intent that we will be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So this purity and blameless is flowing from the stream of our loving, our knowing, our discerning, and our approving what is excellent. So it is imparted to us. It is not just imputed. It is real purity and real blamelessness. The second reason I say that is because back in chapter 1 verse 6, Paul said, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So this work in us is going to be brought to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And here's a third reason, chapter 2 verse 14, do all things without grumbling or questioning. That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and uh, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So, we are done with grumbling and done with questioning, and the effect is blamelessness and innocence, as the children of God. That's real moral change, in our lives. So, my argument is, he's not talking here about imputation and Christ's alien righteousness counted as ours. That's a glorious truth, and we'll see it in just a minute. But that's not the point here. We will, by virtue of loving and knowing and discerning and approving what is excellent, arrive pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Now, does that mean mean sinless? By the time Christ comes, every saint will have attained sinlessness, perfection without any sin. And my answer is found here in chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. Paul says that he, he is following Christ so that by any means possible, he might attain the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because... and Now, here's the great truth of Christ's work before we become blameless in this moral sense. Christ has made us His own. He has taken us into union with Himself, and there, of course, we are, in fact, perfect and righteous. Now, based on that, because... Christ has made us his own and we are united to him and without any fault and perfect and righteous in Christ. Therefore, Paul says he is pressing on to make uh, his perfection his own. Like Paul says elsewhere, uh, we should become what we are. Be Get out the old leaven, Paul says back in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, because you really are on. Un- leavened. And so he's saying here that as we pursue love and pursue knowledge and discernment and what what, uh, God regards as excellent here and approving it, the effect will be that we will come to the last day in a pure and blameless state, which does not mean perfection or sinlessness. Well, what does it mean then? So here's my effort to sum it up. What does it mean to be pure and blameless at the day of Christ? Not sinlessness because of Philippians 3.12 and other places in the New Testament. It means, I think, if we are aware of any sin, we confess it and make war on it by the Holy Spirit. In other words, we're not found under blamableness as if We are coddling, know that word, coddling or cherishing sin. Every sin that we are aware of, we confess it, we hate it, we make war on it, and are found free from blame in that sense. And secondly, we actively pursue holiness. We're not slacking, we're not saying, oh, I don't care about holiness. I don't I I know I'm justified by grace alone through faith alone. I don't need to pursue any holiness, even though Hebrews 12, 14 says, pursue the holiness without which you will not see the Lord. And we seek to please the Lord in everything. And in that sense, we are pure and blameless. That we we are found to be seeking to please the Lord. We are found to be pursuing holiness. Our hearts are right. They're not blamable in the sense that they don't love holiness or they don't care about pleasing the Lord. And the last thing I would add is what Paul does in 312, as we we are, are confessing and we're making war and we're pursuing holiness and we're seeking to please the Lord, as we trust Christ to be our sinless perfection, which we do not have in ourselves, even though we are blameless and pure at the day of Christ.